Morning everybody, how you doing today? In this episode of the show, we're going to talk about your perception of your privacy as it relates to the tools that you're using. Now, I stumbled across a tweet this morning uh, by a young engineer at Facebook. Now, the irony of this entire thread is not lost on me. Unfortunately, it was on this particular individual. But essentially, they had done a little bit of digging, a little bit of thinking, and they were calling Grammarly, the Grammar uh, as a Service um, offering, predatory, and they were calling it a keylogger. Now, this particular engineer isn't necessarily wrong, um, they are obviously in a very big glass house, but let's dissect this a little bit and we'll start by determining exactly what Grammarly is. So you've probably seen the ads here on YouTube, um, online, they're very aggressive in their digital marketing and essentially what Grammarly is, is a uh, machine learning driven model uh, around grammar suggestions designed to make your writing better. Now there's an actual app, there's a website you go to, but more importantly there's a, an extension you can get for Chrome that will help uh, apply this in pretty much any text box. So whether you're writing in Gmail, whether you're writing into Facebook, uh, it will analyze your text and offer suggestions. So it's a fantastic writing tool. Of course, there's a trade-off and that's what this thread was about. This young engineer was calling out the fact that they're logging all of the keystrokes that you're typing. That's partially correct. Um, now a keylogger is a particular piece of malware that would be installed without you knowing on your system that is literally logging every single time your finger hits a key, it's logging that into a file and then uh, exfiltrating that out or the attacker can come in and grab it at a later date. So Grammarly's not quite a keylogger, it's a service that will intercept keystrokes at your request. So if you use that browser extension, it will do that for the websites you have it enabled for on. And if you're using their app or their website, then obviously it's gonna look at everything you're typing um, into the service. And the idea is pretty straightforward. It needs to see what you're writing in order to help improve that writing. So it's definitely not a keylogger. Now the second uh, accusation here was that they are a predatory service and as you continue through this Twitter thread the reason why uh, this person's calling them out as predatory is because the licensing underneath. Now they're not a lawyer, thankfully I am not a lawyer though I know some lawyers that are absolutely lovely people. Um, the idea here is the same in pretty much any terms of service, and we've covered terms of service before, you can click on the card up top to see that, um, but terms of service uh, essentially grant the service that you're typing, in this case Grammarly, license to reuse your content. If you didn't do that, they wouldn't be able to publish it out. Facebook does the same thing, Twitter does the same thing, LinkedIn, all of them have this clause in it that says, by using the service and by uploading content or creating content on the service, you grant them a license to use it. Now, depending on how that is worded, that may be an unlimited royalty-free license within a certain context, or it could just be completely to that um, content. They could just have carte blanche. Now, now the problem there is what the letter of the terms of service say, because on Twitter, Grammarly replied and said, no, no, no we don't do, um, we won't use your uh, content to harvest, to, to share, um, we won't use your content to sell ads against, we won't sell your data, um, things like that, and that's great for them to say. However, if it's not written in the terms of service, and I haven't dug through Grammarly specifically, this is just a generic case, if it's not specifically word, uh, written into the terms of service that you agree with and currently active, because we know those terms of services can change, then it doesn't matter what the company says, it matters what the terms state. Because I can say all the nice things I want if I have legal license to do something out, while I may not have the intention right now of taking that action, 
I have the legal right to do it if I change my mind. And when it comes to security, when it comes to privacy, you have to work on the legalities of it. You can't go um, with the intentions because the intentions can be broken. If a company hit upon hard times and they had a massive amount of money offered for their data, they'd probably sell it because it's a smart business move and they have a fiduciary responsibility and they have the legal right to do it. So a lot of challenges there. But the biggest issue that I have with all of this, and it's popped up before, I wrote uh, years ago an article when iOS 8 came out on iPhone and iPad, finally allowed you to do custom keyboards. And everyone was like, yes, we can do these custom keyboards, all these cool keyboards. Same problem here, by enabling that service, everything you type into that keyboard is going to be sent to the back end, sent to this cloud service in the back end. Now that might not be a bad thing, but there's a stark difference between logging into an app and providing content and having an app monitoring all the content you're creating in other places on your device because it's one of intention, right? If I load up YouTube and start to type something or LinkedIn and start to type something, I have an intention of posting that content onto that platform. If I'm just surfing on my phone and I have a third-party keyboard enabled and it's monitoring that text to, to provide suggestions, to show cool animated GIFs, something else that that keyboard provides, that's not necessarily my intent. And I think that's the core argument around Grammarly here, especially if you've added that extension, is that you might not have the intent of that text going into the back end into a third-party party machine learning service. But as a user, the first thing that should include uh, you to that happening was that you can't use Grammarly offline. It's an online only service because everything you type does go to the back end. Now for me, that's just my bread and butter. I go in and I dissect these services, I see what's going on, but reading this thread, it really hit home how easy it is to misconstrue the privacy boundaries around these types of services. Now for Grammarly, I'm not saying it's better or it's worse or it's bad or it's good or you shouldn't use it or you should. Um, just be aware of the trade-off. Everything that you type into that service directly or through the extension is going to be analyzed because that's how the machine learning model works to make suggestions to improve your writing. And there's a number of other tools that work like this. So I think there's definitely user experience work to be done around the boundaries, but it's a very interesting um, scenario. This is not the only example of it. This is not going to be the last example of it. You need to be using tools with intention. You need to uh, have hopefully an understanding of the potential impact of those tools and your use of them in various context. And I know that's extremely difficult. That's part of the point of this show. It's part of the point of my efforts working within the technology industry, working, um, you know, as a radio columnist, working um, on this vlog, trying to help people understand. But I think designers and builders of technology can take a lot of steps to make things easier so people understand the actual impact, not the legal wording or the intentional wording. But hey, here are the boundaries around responsible usage of these tools. What do you think? Let me know. Hit me up online at MarkNCA in the comments down below and as always by email me at markn.ca. I hope you are set up for a fantastic day and I'll see you on the next show.